approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Fantasy Coaches. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve, guys. We have another fantastic episode for you guys today. Uh, before we get into that, let's introduce the crew we have with us today. Of course, I got Coach Shibs here. What's going on, Coach Shibs? Ain't much, man. Just another beautiful weekend, and I'm here to talk about these players today. I'm getting hyped. Absolutely. Congratulations on your Man City win this weekend. Oh, yes, so yes. We're thrilled about that. <laughs> Pride. <laughs> That's what I heard. So, uh, of course, Coach John could not be with us today. He had uh, some other arrangements he had to take, but have no fear. We have our guest today's show, Troy King. Welcome to the show, my friend, fellow Dolphins and Heat friend. So, what's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. I need to add Coach to my first name, too. You know, I got to be Coach <laughs> Troy. Troy. So, I, like so I, can, I can fit in with y'all. But, no, man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's always so much fun, you know, rocking with y'all. And we have a lot of good things to talk about, so I'm very excited about today's show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have a lot to go through. Today, guys, we are doing a last chance players. Basically, players that were kind of on the last draw with in terms of owning drafting what have you you know this is like you know there's potential there but after if you don't do it this year it's like i don't want to touch you anymore after this season here so uh that's kind of where we're at with these some of these players we'll talk about today but before we get to that we're going to get into some news uh obviously over the last i think it was like last thursday or friday uh the minnesota vikings had officially released dalvin cook uh, now he is a free agent, can go wherever he chooses to. It's no longer a possibility of a trade. He is officially off the team. How do you guys feel about Dalvin Cook as a player now? Is he someone, is he kind of like a, he might not be considered a last chance player, but maybe he is someone that you're less likely to want to draft now, depending on where he goes. How do you guys feel about Dalvin Cook right now? Jibs, you want to go first? Uh, I'm just going to wait and see on Dalvin Cook. Like, obviously, he's a phenomenal player. He has been the last five, six years he's been in the league. Um, I know he's not going to be worth that, like, early round one pick or round two pick that we've been historically drafting him at the last couple of years. But, um, like, say, if he goes to the Dolphins, like, I wouldn't be, like, opposed to picking him up. Um, I don't know what round, but uh, you still have, like, plenty of pieces over there. So, like, it all depends on where he goes. If it's a high-octane offense, I'll still be into him. But, like, it's, uh, grass may not be greener, though. He was a the guy there, and he could be sharing it all I know. But he's still in the play for me. And Alexander Madison, too. Right, yeah, I, I would say for me in terms of Dalvin Cook, so – for the Dolphins, uh, that seems to be the favorite place to go is as a Dolphins fan. I am excited about that. The thing about it, though, is I don't know if they're, he's going to be used as a workhorse. He doesn't necessarily need to be used as a workhorse if he goes to the Dolphins because you still have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, you have Devin Ekane. And then I don't know if they're going to keep all those guys if they do sign Dalvin. But also, look, it might be smart to have him maybe as part of a committee but the problem is that he wants a lot of money. So I don't know if the Dolphins are willing to pay him that much money. And it seems like the teams that are most interested in him, like they have running 
backs that they already have on the team. Like we've heard the Bills being rumored. There's been some talks maybe about the Jets. There's been talks about like, you know, the Cowboys. So every team that's been rumored to get Dalvin or the Broncos, like, you know, Javante Williams. So Dalvin's going to hurt somebody's fantasy value. So it's like, I just don't know if he's going to be utilized exactly like he was with the Vikings. But I mean, he's still going to be, you know, a very solid running back, solid fantasy running back. But I'm skeptical about, I feel like for real football, no matter where he goes, it's going to be good. But fantasy wise, I'm curious how it's going to not only impact him, but the other running backs that are on these teams. You guys made a lot of sense. There's not a lot of places that he could really go outside of being back in Minnesota that like makes a ton of sense. I, I know someone said that the Bengals should drop Joe Mixon and then resign uh, Dalvin <laughs> oh, Cook. Wow. That would be interesting. Uh, but it makes sense that uh, he. I think he wants to get more than like the five million dollars that you know that's out there for him. He wants to get paid a little bit more, which is going to be really hard because he's a running back. So not many people are going to want to spend big on running backs again. Right now, we'll know more about redraft season exactly when we get there in August, exactly what team hopefully he'll be on at that point. But in terms of like a dynasty or anything like that, I got his values shot down dramatically. He doesn't no longer as a long-term player on a team that you would want. He's probably going to be one of those players that sign one-year deals moving forward. And if you have him on your team, hold on to him, wait to see what happens. If you're a contending team, if you want to throw a late second-round pick at him, see what happens, see where he lands, it's a better time to do it because – he gets a little bump if he goes to Miami, people are going to hype that up really quickly. Uh, I really can't see too many places where he could go to be a few workhorse at this point. I mean, Miami might be the only one that he might have that small opportunity, but anywhere else, it's going to be it's going to be a heavy backfield. So definitely not great for Dalvin Cook's value, but there is someone who greatly benefits from Dalvin Cook being released, and it's been the longtime elite backup that comes <laughs> to one half. Uh, in fantasy for years now, Alexander Madison. And we've seen glimpses of Madison be a workhorse type of running back. And we enjoyed that when he got that opportunity. Everyone was always like, you got to pick, if you're taking Dalvin Cook, you got to pick Alexander Madison in the eighth or ninth round. You got to hold on to that elite backup value. And at times in his career, he has proven so, but other times he's been less than mediocre. How do you guys feel about Dalvin Cook's value going into 2023 right now? Uh, so with Alexander Madison, I think that I'm excited because, like you said, he anytime the Dalvin Cooks went down, Alexander Madison has proven, you know, put up RB1 numbers. He's been solid, but we haven't seen him can be do it for a whole season. Right. And I think sometimes what happens is, is that, you know, they everyone looks good in small sample sizes, but through a whole year, could he possibly stay healthy? Could he put up consistent numbers? throughout an entire season, a 17-game season. And that's something we haven't seen yet. It's it's very, you know, I don't blame anybody for getting excited. I'm excited too. But one of the other things we need to consider is that last year, the Vikings went very pass-heavy compared to any other year. You know, it's like the most pass-heavy year that we've in recent memory for the Vikings. So that's another element that we need to think about. So I don't think necessarily like Alexander Madison is going to get more rushing volume than Dalvin Cook got last year and Dalvin Cook was about RB 15 on points per game basis. So I think Alexander Madison most likely is going to fall in that kind of territory. And then maybe Ty Chandler gets some run too, but I I'm definitely excited for the opportunity that Alexander Madison has, but I've also want to be, you know, realistic to think like, Hey, maybe he's not going to be a top 10 running back with this opportunity just because of the way the offense is. And we just haven't seen him do it for a full season. 
I agree with Troy on the passing. Um, the passing prowess of the Minnesota Vikings. They added Jordan Addison. Um, Madison's going to be a good player. He's going to be someone I'm going to keep my eyes on and like say like round uh, in a round three, round four, and majority of these drafts upcoming. So like he could be a perfect guy to snag. Like if you start off wide receiver heavy or you got Travis Kelsey and some stud pieces. So like I, I like him and um, uh, kudos to him and uh, hopefully he could stay healthy and. Get the uh, gig he deserves. Yeah, I'm I'm very torn on Alexander Madison, even though I have him in all my dynasty leagues. <laughs> I'm very torn on him going as a full time starter. I liked him as a as a depth piece backup that you can plug and play when you needed to if if Cook got hurt. But if you look at the games that Alexander Madison had played, he played in six games that he started over his career. Four of them were against. Three of them were against the Lions we all have known has been a team that you could run all over. And one of them was Seattle, I think two years ago where they were the terrible run defense. Again, I don't want to put all that as like my determining factor or anything like that, but it's something to point out there that he did do very well against very, very bad run defenses. Uh, In the two games, the other two games he started, he only averaged about like 50 all purpose yards uh, in two other games that weren't bottom D run defenses. So that's something to keep your mind on there. And another thing is he's, People have to understand he's not going to be like Dalvin Cook. You know, Dalvin Cook was explosive. I mean, he's someone who can break big yard runs. Alexander Madison, over his career, he has just nine runs over 20-plus yards. That's something to keep in mind that he's probably not going to be a guy that's going to see big, big, giant plays every week, but he's going to be a grinder up the middle of the field, taking those hard hits. He's probably going to be someone who has potential to maybe see 10 touchdowns, but don't expect 1,300 yards probably. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I mean, he's definitely someone that I'm – I would consider if he fell maybe to the fifth round, he might go earlier because of the hype. Uh, again, I think he's an RB low end, mid, mid to low end RB two right now for me. Uh, this potential there, but I wouldn't advise reaching too heavy in the early mid third round, that dead zone round, because I think you might be disappointed in, in the outcome that he does produce. So that's kind of how I feel about him. Uh, in terms of like a dynasty, uh, you know, would you be selling off on him right now? Or would you guys? think is a fair enough trade to either sell or buy Madison right now. Tibbs, you could go. In your case, I'll be selling the world, man. You've been holding <laughs> it down. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I've only sold one share so far. Um, and it, it is hard because I think a lot of people are slightly concerned. I mean, that just based on the conversations I've had with one league where I did sell them, I did sell them for the, more than likely the one, the 201 in the 2024 draft. And, a mid to late second round pick. Two, two second round picks. The one is probably the 201. The other one's like a mid to late. How do you guys feel about a, a trade like that? Would you accept a trade like that? It's Can you okay repeat it again? The exact um, trade again? So two second round picks in next year's draft, 2024. More than likely, it's going to be the 201 and then a later round second pick. Um, I mean, the next year's draft class is going to be loaded. I think it depends also if you're a contender or if you're like kind of more in so rebuild mode. If you're in rebuild mode, I'm absolutely doing that trade. If I'm trying to contend this year, I feel like I might. It's a fair trade, but I think I would lean more towards Alexander Madison because we know, again, he's going to get the first crack of opportunities. Even though we have our doubts, I might keep him. If I'm trying to compete for a title this year, if I have that squad, then I think I'll do that. James, how do you feel about it? I don't mind it at all. <laughs> well, he wasn't worth that uh, two, a month ago. 
That is true. <laughs> that is true. I was getting like third round offers in the 23 drafts. Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. come on. No, I'm no, waiting. No, I ain't doing that. Yeah, I'm waiting for sure. So, uh, yeah. So, Madison, again, there's opportunity there for sure. We'll see what happens. Uh, if you guys had to pick someone to pick up on waivers, I guess obviously this is Dynasty right now. Ty Chandler, uh, uh, Dwayne McBride. You had to pick one. Oh, Ty Chandler. I mean, they're both. I mean, Ty Chandler, he's also a late guy, but I feel like Ty Chandler's been in the offense. Dwayne McBride. He wasn't known for like a being a again. He's he's an old he's a guy. He's just a guy. I don't think there's anything that stands out to him. He's a seventh round pick. Just give me the guy who's already been in the system. And they brought Ty Chandler. You know he, he's still on the team, so give me Ty Chandler. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ty Chandler will get himself on the field because of his ability to block. So just keep that in mind. I think at this point he should be off. Most of these guys are at this point now off your waivers. But if you, you know. You have some slaggers out there that pick them up right now. So uh, in terms of the news, uh, someone Troy said, uh, catch more passes than McBride. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. It's Five minutes Toronto per day. Shout out to him, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get to our main topic real quick, uh, does James Robinson being released, uh, does that – you know, bump anyone out in that Patriot backfield for you guys at all. <laughs> I mean, he was supposed to be the Devin Harris replacement. Obviously, he is gone now. Poor guy. Man, how the mighty have fallen, man. Yeah, James, James sure. Robinson, a couple of, a few years ago, RB1. Now he's getting waved in during the offseason. <sighs> sad, sad. But, no, I think it reminds Jay Stevenson. I feel like after that, there's no one really else on the team I'm really interested in there's pierre strong on a feet there's some pierre strong truthers out there but uh there's not really no one else in the backfield i care about besides Ramondre. i'm all for the stevenson show but my pierre strong share would uh like him to do a little something something <laughs> it definitely <laughs> but, uh, brings him a life a little bit not maybe not a lot but it definitely went from like oh he's just on my taxi squad now for no reason but uh definitely helps a little bit but yeah if the patriots weren't um uh stingy they could have gave cook a contract is, is kevin harris still up. on the patriots i haven't <laughs> he checked is. he's still there yes he's still there okay yes. so maybe it's kevin harris who knows maybe he's the gonna be ty montgomery catching 50 passes this year yeah, watch. if just he can stay healthy <laughs> that's a big issue for him <laughs> but yeah Lord. definitely not again not major news but it was worth mentioning just so if you have james robinson i mean you could probably cut him on your dynasty team <laughs> unless you have a really deep bench but yeah it's definitely the the how the uh, the little guy has fallen very mightily, so sucks. But that's okay. We're on to our more bigger topic of the day, guys. We're talking last chance players today. And, uh, Troy, you get first dibs, obviously, because you are a guest. So tell us who is your first last chance player. My first guy is one, the, only, the one and only Mr. Unlimited himself, Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson, to me, it's, like you said, you're already showing. He's... And he was 19th in passing touchdowns. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to me how I just can't, I almost can't put it into words how horrible he was. And I think a lot of it had to do with it was such a huge blockbuster trade. We're like, let Russ cook. This was his opportunity. It's like he's finally away from Seattle. He has an opportunity to shine. So there's some people thinking they could possibly win the division, playoff contenders. And it didn't go anything like that. He looked like one of the worst QBs in the league. He was one of the worst QBs in the league. Yes. And it's, it was one of the most shocking things. I don't think anyone could have possibly anticipated it. 
And it was just like, it didn't know the offense. Obviously him and Nathaniel Hackett didn't work out and they had to change coaches. It was just a nightmare. And whether you're playing, so if, if you're playing super flex, I feel like he's a guy who's going to go extremely late in a redraft league said, if you want to need like a second or third QB, you can easily get him in one QB leagues. I, he's probably going to be a waiver wire guy or really, really late round guy. So let's say you're, you know, you're, you're push you're punting QB all the way to the end. I feel that with Sean Payton, I, Russell Wilson could only go up from last year. So I have, Hope in that. I don't think he's going to be a QB one, but I don't think he's going to finish as poorly as he did last year. Hopefully, you know, he has more weapons that are healthy. I just think the overall team's going to be better. So last year was terrible. He's really, really on thin ice. So if I see him struggling, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season or so, I'm, he's, I'm going to be done with him. <laughs> I can't agree with more. I know Coach Jibs, you had him as your comeback player last week. Uh, but do you agree on the take, you know, last chance for this is Russell Wilson's last opportunity to really take that shot? Oh, for sure. Like, I'm not going to give him any. Um, uh, his leash is definitely short with me. I drafted plenty of uh, Russell Wilson last year and stuck with him a little too long. And sure, I'm going to have that leash shorter this year. But like, everything Troy said, it's definitely correct. Like, but you get it for cheap. So it's not going to be that big of an investment like it was last year. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it makes tons of sense. I mean, yes, there's there's opportunity for him to to get back on track to what we kind of saw in Seattle, maybe not to the same level. Uh, but again, if he, Troy said, if he starts playing terrible the first four weeks of the season and he's outside the top 20 QBs early on, I mean, I, I can't. How do I trust Russell Wilson again after this? His age, he's got the team around him to do well. He's got the coach at this point. Like, there's no faith at that point. And he actually dropped. Uh, from 109 to 110, an overall ADP this year so far. So he's already sliding down boards. But, Keep yeah, down, definitely baby. a good uh, last chance player in my eyes, Troy. I like that one. Man. So uh, give us your second last chance player. My second last chance player is Michael Thomas. Man, he was almost my just absolutely done guy. Like, <laughs> it's let me just let me just tell y'all. Let me go. Let me take you down memory lane about memory Michael lane. Thomas. In 2019, he was wide receiver like one overall, like the best wide receiver. Phenomenal year. 2020 played seven games. 2021 didn't play. 2022 played three games. So you can see a theme here. Michael Thomas has just disappeared there's always these rumors about oh maybe he's gonna come back we see people stash him on the ir like oh there's rumors oh he's coming back and then it's a scenario where like it's a scenario where like there's just so much hope and then there's like drama he's not happy he's injured he's sending out cryptic tweets it's just a mess and some i thought he would be i'm surprised he's still a saint but you know what really in terms of pass catching it's just him and Chris Olave. So he's right now he's still a New Orleans Saint. So I'm like, if if he could possibly play, if he could just stay healthy and he could be on the field, he can put up big numbers. But we just haven't seen it yet. So I'm skeptical. I I'm for the most part done with him, but he's going at a reasonable place in draft. Like I said, overall 113. So I'm like, it doesn't hurt to take a shot on him, but my expectations for him are extremely low, but if he can put any semblance of a decent season, 
then I think he's going to pay dividends. It's just that he's burned you so many times through injury or whatever the case may be. But I'm he's just been extremely frustrating to have over these past few years because, again, there's always a little bit of hope. But people think, oh, I got a steal in Michael Thomas, and yet he hasn't done anything. So he's somebody that's uh, – it's not good. probably after week one, if he doesn't do anything, I might be done with him. So, yeah, it's been frustrating having, you know, shares of Michael Thomas for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it's definitely a great pick there. Jibs, are you still eating from the poison apple that Troy is eating from? I've been eating it for four years. I'm off the drain. I got an orange now. <laughs> vitamin c baby but um yeah he's been highly disappointing i thought like after the first three weeks of last year it was going to be a revelation and then he was on the ir never coming back and that's just the story of my life like and like yeah his adp keeps dropping every year it's like 20 spots but like i'm not i'm off the train I'm, i won't do it skip them i have my blinders on Yes, I, I have thrown out my apple way far out of the way uh, with Michael Thomas. I definitely get the last chance on it. I definitely get that if where his ADP is right now, if you want to take a shot on a guy like Michael Thomas, absolutely. I mean, there's a low-risk reward on that little list, high reward potentially with that. You know, if he could get back and get healthy, that makes a ton of sense. But the fact that he's missed so much time over the last few years, he's already 30 years old, it's just there's a lot of – there's no faith in my, in my eyes to really attack Michael Thomas. But, again, the ADP makes sense. So I like it, Troy. Definitely another good uh, last chance player there. That was a great call. Yes, I like that. I thought about doing that one kind of at one point, but right, you took it out. I was like, ah, I don't have to go down that road at least. That was good. <laughs> All right, Coach Jibs. Like oh, my bad. My bad. Go ahead. You have three, so you, you have a lot to talk about here. So tell us your first. Uh, wow. I was so confused. I, I guess it's Darnell Mooney looking at the side. Said, I said two, and then you gave me three. So I put all three. Oh, oh. I didn't know. The article had two. <laughs> I guess the, whatever. Anyway, um, like I had a couple shares of Darnell Movie last year, um, as you can see. Um, what wide receiver fifty six in his overall one thirty three this year, which isn't that bad. But in drafts last year, he was going around five, round six, and like yeah. a lot of picking them there really tanked your season. This guy, yes, he was played by a high ankle sprain after he got off. So that slow start with Justin Fields, but like he put together some games, but like now you got to think about fast forward to 2023 as DJ Morris, Cole Command. The offense is way more crowded. Sure, I expect uh, Justin Fields to ascend, but for Darnell Mooney, I just don't see like where the um, the receiving yardage totals will come through, and obviously touchdowns are going to be a thing. So um, I'm kind of out on Darnell Mooney, like. If he falls as a late, he's pretty much a late round uh, wide receiver right there. I could take my shot on him, but like this is the last year for him, and that's all I could say because he's been like some guys, some people have been Darnell Mooney truthers, but like he's just hasn't really lived up to the price. Yeah, no, I, this, uh, definitely another good one. Troy, how do you feel about Mooney as a whole? Uh, last year, I had faith. I mean, I think sometimes, and maybe it's my own fault, but I think that sometimes you look at what a team lacks and you think about the opportunity, right? So it's like, and I also thought he was a talented wide receiver, but last year was obviously disappointing. Obviously he got hurt. And this year, DJ Moore's the clear cut wide receiver one on the team. We obviously saw Justin Fields and his rushing ability. So we know that he's going to take off and run. I don't know how prolific of a passing offense it's going to be. And you saw the emergence of Cole Komet. So just like, you know, Jib was saying. So I just don't know 
And I feel like where he's going, it's fine. Again, if you just need a depth piece, but I'm not going to be relying on Darnell Mooney. I think that maybe in best ball, I feel like he probably fits that format a little bit more. But in terms of like a redraft, he's not a guy I'm going to go out of my way to like have on my team. And, you know, they obviously have, you know, Chase Claypool too. They have Chase Claypool, but I think that Chase Claypool, maybe he's going to fight for the wide receiver two spot, but I just don't know how valuable that wide receiver two spot on the Bears is going to be this year. So I have don't have a lot of confidence, but I am hopefully – he has to bounce back. He has, he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to have a better season, but I'm not overly confident in him. Yeah, no, I thought this was another another good one, obviously. I mean, you're at ADP 133. You know, that's that's talking round 12, 11, 12 at range there uh, for him still at that point. I wouldn't say that I this is the last season for him. If he doesn't do well, I'm like, oh, Mooney's gone. He's not in my favor because he is a free agent after the season. So, you know, if he lands a different team, I might have faith again. But I definitely are act, not going to be actively trying to put this man on my team this season just because – it's a quarterback situation, you know. How much can we really trust Justin Fields that he's going to take that next level? Yes, we've seen it done with Allen and Hurts over the last few seasons here now, and uh, it's just natural. Like, oh, Justin Fields, a run mobile quarterback, he's got to improve. He's got the weapon now and DJ Moore, uh, but it's still kind of hard to trust that overall just because DJ Moore should be the wide receiver one. We don't know who really will be the wide receiver two. I mean, the Bears did technically give up a, a first-round pick almost for Chase Claypool, so they did invest into Chase Claypool into that sense, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and he was a solid wide receiver. He had a couple games last year where he had over 50 yards. He's, you know, kind of a downfield threat a little bit, but isn't someone I'm actively going to go out of my way to get in my team this year. But he isn't, this isn't the last season for me that I'm going to not trust him. If he ends up in a new situation next year, I might have faith once again. But uh, if he can't do it this year, it might not be, it might be Justin Fields I can't trust after the season in terms of his wide receivers. So, uh, but yeah, definitely another good one there, Jibs. Uh, give us a number two player you got there, Jibs. Uh, it is Antonio Gibson. Um, this is from Coach John. Sorry, I can't make the show. But uh, I'll speak for him, I guess. Um, and he's come a long way from transitioning as a running back in the NFL. His first two seasons, he finished as a fantasy RB1. I think he was 12th in 2020. And he was 13th in PPR formats in 2021. But uh, 2022 season came with mixed results. He drafted Brian Robinson, obviously. He had a little fallout with the coaching staff, and he was the RB27 in PPR leagues last year. So, like, this season, I think Gibson will have to, like, have, like, career high in receptions to at least finish as an RB2 this year because last year he lost 40% of his rush attempts. He dropped down from uh, 250 plus rush attempts to 149, while Brian Robinson had 202. And then you could see, like, uh, his red zone um, attempts are were pretty split evenly with Brian Robinson. I think he was 52-48 throughout the season. But Brian Robinson actually outstaffed him 14-11 to 11 in red zone rush attempts in the last uh, seven games. And then you also saw the big factor, like, why Gibson wasn't as good as he was last two years. His touchdown totals just dropped off a cliff. He only had five total touchdowns. For the other two years, he had double digits of touchdowns. So um, uh, there's room to grow with Eric Bieniemy. Like, hopefully the offense stabilizes. He can find a way for him to get a good reception totals. But those are, like, the conditions. And I'm kind of out on Gibson for this year. But obviously, 101 ain't bad for a late-round running back as RB3. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Troy, how do you feel about Antonio Gibson? I know you like this one. 
No, I know. I I like this one a lot. And we were talking, you know, before the show about it. And I think that Antonio Gibson, his usage ever since he's coming to the league has been so frustrating because like he was a wide receiver in college, but you would think that he would have solid passing numbers throughout his career. Or he'd be involved in the passing game on a consistent basis, but it just doesn't happen. And I just don't understand why from the get go, he just wasn't consistently involved in the passing game. And Jim Zoray was saying how his numbers just dropped off so significantly last year. And Brian Robinson, if you're just looking at two running backs, Antonio Gibson is the more explosive running back. Brian Brian Robinson, I think, does the little things well that coaches like. So he's going to continue to get opportunities. He's more of like a plotter. He's going to get you those tough yards. But I think Antonio Gibson is way more explosive, better pass catcher. So... Where he's going, I don't mind taking a shot on him. But with Eric Bieniemy, I'm really excited for this offense because, again, the Washington Redskins offense has left a lot to be desired. So I think that he can only go up from here. And I think that I don't, I'm probably going to have a lot of Antonio Gibson this year, just taking a shot because, again, he's going so late and I want that running back up. So, yeah, no, I, I like this one a lot because the way I see Antonio Gibson is that for me, it's like, after this season, if he doesn't show like his passing threat ability, I just don't know where he fits in the NFL moving forward as whether it's the backup kind of guy. Like that, that's my concern with Antonio Gibson. So if he doesn't prove it this year, and I will take shots on him in, in this draft up in any re- redraft draft. I mean, 101 is, is good good value for a running back that has PPR upside. You saw his target share go up every single season. Uh, you saw his rushing efficiency kind of fall every year. So that that is a concern. But if he gets that J.D. McKissick role that we've seen him having the prior two years before this season, you know, we really like that. That was great for, uh, obviously, PPR league. So if he can get that, that that's a big point. Uh, Eric Bionami, we saw him with Jarek McKinnon use him as a passing threat in the backfield. And it worked, obviously. McKinnon was a guy that we loved down the stretch last season. So if Antonio Gibson can show that ability like he was, if, you know, former wide receiver, He's got an opportunity to do very well the next coming this coming season here if, if that offense can get things going with Sam Howell. But yeah, if he doesn't really show that receiving threat to be consistent, I'm not really going to want to touch him after the season. So I like that one there, Longevs or John. Coach <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Coach Sean. Uh, Jibs, give us a, your final one. This was your other one, so. <laughs> uh, basically, kind of similar approach, J.K. Dobbins, but he has the most appeal out of the two people I mentioned. Um, I just worry about his fantasy profile. Uh, obviously, Dobbins has been plagued by injuries his whole career, basically. He's played 23 out of 50 games. Um, and slight issues like hamstrings, ACL, LCL tears. But um, other than that, due to, like, the Ravens' offensive schemes the last couple of years, he's just a plotter to me. Like, he could get – sure, he turns out five yards per guy. He's a great runner. He's a great NFL running back. But he ain't doing nothing for me in PPR leagues. Like 15 for 120 is 12 points because he's barely catching the ball. He has 15 catches and for 162 yards in three years. Sure, maybe Todd Mockin can get this Ravens passing offense modified and get him flourish and let him all loose because I don't see Gus Edwards catching the ball. And Dobbins seems that he can do it if they want to put him in that situation. So I'm not completely out. This is like a last chance for me. And, um, Jake and Dobbins, prove it or lose it, buddy, this year. Yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely – I have so much hope for him after his rookie year, too. It was very upsetting. Uh, Troy, how do you feel about J.K.? I feel the same way. I just feel that – I feel like he's been robbed of injuries. He's extremely talented. I feel like – look, we've seen him be explosive when he first got in the league. 
And we've seen him, we've seen that capability is just, he's been played with injuries. And I think in Tom Monken's offense, it's going to be more pass heavy. So I feel like this is an amazing opportunity. And he's clearly the most talented back on the team. There's his opportunity to shine. I hope to God he stays healthy. But I think that, you know, if he can just stay on the field, I think that J.K. Dobbins, where he's going, I think that's solid value. I'm really excited just to see the entire Ravens offense. I'm excited to see with Lamar back, with, you know, the pass catchers they have. I think it's going to be very exciting. So I, I have some faith in J.K. that he's going to bounce back for us. And for uh, Christ's sake, coming off that injury, uh, coming off from injury last year, four, he had played four games, he had 14 carries for 99 yards. Yeah, that was average. So, like, give him a couple more months. No, I think I think he's gonna do his thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm also hoping for as well. I'm also agree with you guys here. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would not take an opportunity on him next year. Probably not. If he if he does if he gets injured, I'm just at that point. I'm probably done. But I mean, when he's on the field, he's just so efficient. I mean, he even averaged over five yards to carry last season in the games Mm -hmm. that he did play in. I mean. He's a good running back. If he can stay healthy, that that's big and key. Uh, I don't know if I'm taking him in the top four rounds, though. Probably top <laughs> five or six. That, the ADP is a little heavy for me. If we were talking about uh, over an underrated ADP, I probably would have said he was a little overrated in terms of ADP 50 uh, at the moment. But uh, there's a big opportunity for him next year. Obviously, health is a major issue. If he can stay healthy, I mean, you're looking at a guy who probably could see 200 carries, just know that the the PPR upside isn't really there. He's probably going to catch maybe 15 to 20 balls maybe. But the running game, the efficiency at him as a runner is just so big. I mean, we saw it as a rookie year, over six yards to carry last year when he was on the field over five. Uh, there's just a lot of good things I like about this guy. But, yeah, if he gets hurt again and he ruins us at the top, top 60 pick, uh, I don't know how many people can trust him after the season. So definitely another good one there, Jibs. All right, over to my first last chance player, and it is Rondell Moore. Uh, last season, I wasn't into Rondell Moore too much just because everyone was hyping him up for the first four games without DeAndre Hopkins. But obviously now we know that DeAndre Hopkins is not playing 17 games whatsoever or at all uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. So he is moving into that number two role, hopefully for this team here. And to me, this this is the last chance. I, mean, I hate to say that because he's not going to play with Kyle Murray for half the season. But as a player in the NFL, it's your time to rise. You have to rise with the situation you have at hand with you at this point. I know it's Colt McCoy or maybe Clayton Toon or something like that, but you have to take advantage of the opportunity you're given in this offense here. And if you are if you see the target share and you don't produce with it or get hurt once again, to me, that, that's going to be a major concern. I mean, he when he saw opportunity at times, he looked decent. I mean, nothing that was like, wow, stunning or not, but – if he got opportunity, you know, he made big plays happen. I mean, there were points in the season last year where he saw A-plus targets and, he, you know, he gets over 60 yards in those games. I mean, he, he can do work when he's given the opportunity. Uh, it's just involved in him actually making the most of that opportunity. And now that you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Hollywood Brown, who's also an injury-prone wide receiver. Yes, you're injury-prone as well. But if you can stay healthy, you're looking at a guy who could see over 90 targets this season. And if he can do that and produce with it, uh, that would be great. But again, if he doesn't do anything after the season, I probably won't touch Rondell Moore ever again in my career. And I probably won't touch many wide receivers who are under the five, nine range in terms of, because they just don't produce. Not that many of them can produce. So that's how I feel about Rondell Moore right now. How do you guys feel about Rondell Moore? 
Uh, I'll be honest, man. I'm I'm kind of out. I'm kind of out on because it, it's for all the reasons. It's kind of what you were saying. Kind of made me more and more out on it because because like the first thing you said is Kyle Murray is not going to be there for half the season. So we're relying on Colt McCoy to give this man consistent targets. And maybe if he's playing out of the slot, which we were expecting him to, you know, maybe he's like a little bit of a safety blanket. I don't know if it's going to be him. I don't know if it's like, you know, Trey McBride or whatever, how they're going to play it. But maybe he gets benefits from getting short yardage passes because Colt McCoy is getting harassed. He just needs to dump the ball off or something like that. Maybe if we're just relying on that, then maybe there's a little bit of hope. But I think the only... Like asset, the only assets I'm really interested in on the Cardinals is James Conner and Hollywood Brown. Outside of that, Rondell Moore, uh, I don't know, man. I just have not uh, excited scene, at all. I, I hope he surprises me, but I'm kind of out on him. I respect it. Good chips. <laughs> I'm out on him too, but <laughs> it just sucks that he has to get a new coach. His quarterback's done. He has to step up in the office. He's got a lot of things going on over there so um four year vet now but, he's only <laughs> five nine there's a lot of things yeah. <laughs> but Colt McCoy does like to dump it off though you actually James Connor last year getting like them 12 catch games for no reason I respect it does the Rondell more experiment in the NFL does that pull you off of shorter wide receivers that they actually can produce or is it you know that doesn't really matter to you guys at all how does that feel that the shorter wide receiver is not producing to that high level I mean, they just, I mean, it depends on who's shorter, right? Because Tyreek Hill, he's, what, 5'10"? 5'10", He's kind of shorter. But obviously Tyreek Hill is a very unique kind of wide receiver. But I feel like shorter wide receivers can get it done. I just think that you need to be in a specific system that fits. So, you know, the Ravens, they just, you know, they just drafted a shorter receiver. So it's just like, it, it just depends on how you utilize them. I just think that you're not... It's hard for a shorter wide receiver to be an RB1 unless, again, unless you're a Tyreek Hill. You see the top guys, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, they're, they're bigger guys. So I feel that it's an I want to say it's an anomaly for be a wide receiver one, but it's more difficult if you don't have fit a certain profile to give you those elite fantasy numbers. He's five. I think he's five seven. I think. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. I, you, he's probably oh, short. They had the shortest receiving core in the NFL. <laughs> the Cardinals. Oh, it's so crazy. Then the Kale Williams sweepstake, man. They're going to be the worst team in the league. They're going to be. They the have to take him, right? Like if they come the first, they're the first one. Why not? Do they no, you're gonna you're gonna trade. You're gonna take. You're gonna draft Caleb Williams. You're gonna trade Kyler Murray. That's what you're gonna have to do. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the same team. Oh, That'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate. That. I think that's what's going. Oh, happen. back one too. <laughs> calling it now. Calling it now. <laughs> Love that call. All right, so let's get over to the final player of the night, guys. Here, and for me, and it's DeAndre Swift. Uh, pretty oh, easy boy. one for me. Oh yeah, DeAndre Swift, your boy. I know he's not. I don't have an Eagles uniform in him yet, so sorry. About I don't that, want to really on him. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. So with DeAndre <laughs> Swift. You know, he has been obviously a decent PPR guy, finishing no higher than RB15, uh, 21 last year. But for me, it's like, I feel like you have, you take him with the upside, you take him early, and I feel like his ADP will rise over the next few months, just in a general sense, because sometimes RBs get do get pushed up a little bit, and some players fall, whatever the situation may be. But with DeAndre Swift, obviously everyone wants to see the efficiency come back to him 
that we saw with Miles Sanders in Philly last year, how great he was for us in fantasy. And they're like, well, DeAndre Swift is a more talented back. He can do that. But is he going to see the target share? That that's my concern. If he's in Philly, if he's in if he's here in Philly for the next couple of seasons, it, does he get it done? And if he gets hurt, I think that's my biggest thing. It's not about his talent overall, whether or not he's going to catch passes or targets, because I think he's on the last year of his contract anyway. So he could be with a new team next year anyway. But it's the injuries for me. If he gets hurt once again and misses time or they don't use him to the full efficiency, that's two NFL teams not using DeAndre Swift as a workhorse back or to a back that's going to see 15 plus touches every single week. And he didn't see that consistency with the lions. And if he does that with the Eagles, it doesn't really make me feel confident that a third NFL team's like, yeah, we got to give DeAndre Swift the ball 20 plus times a game. And, and you're drafting him as a high end RB two, and you draft him in this top, you know, 60 player right now at 64. To me, that's, that's a concern. And if I want to draft him this season as a top 64 player, and he doesn't pan out to the level that you know you're drafting him as. To me, I probably won't touch DeAndre Swift again after the season because I just I don't see where he ends up being to the level of upside talent that we know we can do that he's going to produce for us on the field. Yeah, I think that DeAndre Swift. I don't see him getting 15 plus touches. It's the Eagles understand they they know what his career history is. They know that he's been injured, so. I don't see him magically being healthy, maybe to handle a higher workload in Philly. I think he's going to be part of some gross committee with him, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott. I think it's going to be some weird gross thing like that. And then also Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell is going to be in the mix too. So I think that at most, maybe we see him have 10 touches and maybe not all carries, but I think that, the, the target volume is going to be extremely low. We saw Jalen Hurts last year. He didn't dump off that often to his running backs. So I don't see – I think that we're going to have to rely on DeAndre Swift breaking off big runs or scoring touchdowns near the goal line, which Jalen Hurts is really good at doing. He's really good at that, but maybe he just hands it off. So we're going to have to rely on touchdowns and him breaking off long runs. So I – I'm not extremely confident. Yeah, it's a high prolific offense, so we're excited for that. And I just think that if Philly's smart, you don't give him too high of a workload because Philly is going to go deep in the playoffs. You want to have a Super Bowl run. You're going to want to lean on your running game. You're going to want to save DeAndre Swift for the rest of the season, which means that you're going to limit his touches. So, yeah, that's the way I feel. I'm not super excited. I think that he's going to be – Good for the Eagles, but not great for fantasy purposes. James, how do you feel about your man? Oh, man, you said everything I was thinking, Troy. (laughs) Um, The Eagles are going to treat it like a car watch situation. Two drives for you, or maybe drive each, and they keep going. Um, I can see everyone getting involved. Like, Jalen Hurts does not throw to the running back whatsoever. So, uh, you're going to have to rely on those DeAndre Swift Detroit games where – Sure, when he wasn't getting those touches, but he was breaking off like one carry or two carries for like 20 yards a pop. So um, offensive line could do justice for him for Philadelphia. But I do agree with Troy's sentiments that the Eagles are looking at a long picture, not looking at it like we're going to rack up and be the number one rushing team in the league. They want to have everyone available for a Super Bowl run. So like I'm totally out on DeAndre. So if I've been out on him for two years after um, the disappointing seasons and um I'll go get me some Kenny Gainwell late in the draft and take my shot there rather than spin a top six round pick on DeAndre Swift for fun. Yeah, yeah no, I like that way better than taking DeAndre Swift early. But again, if he 
falls in that sixth round, it, it's hard to pass up on that potential talent. But, man, if I do that and he ends up not uh, performing or doesn't see the field or he's not on the field, probably won't really go after him after the season. I'll probably be exactly what you guys had. I just don't want to touch DeAndre Swift anymore. So that's how I feel about DeAndre Swift. So As a but, fan, I'll say 13 total touches a week, if that. If he gets 13 total touches, I think that would be – he can do a lot with 13 total. I'm thinking 10. I think it's going to be 10 total, but that's my opinion. Can't wait until he gets just six <laughs> catch, four four targets. He in might the only game get, what, it. five touches? <laughs> four five targets touches. in a game. That's going to be great for fantasy. And he gets 28 until he, like, falls off the <laughs> – oh, uh, my God. They're running a sweatshop. It's going to be Trey Sherman at some point starting for this team. Ew, so gross. Can't wait. <laughs> I, I think Penny could get cut, to be honest, honestly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's I a cut candidate over the summer. I don't feel like they have enough – they don't have that many bodies. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get cut. I think he could make the team. He's when he, like, he's one of those guys. When he's on the field, he's efficient. Rashad oh, Penny yeah. was efficient good, in Seattle. Yeah. So I think that in behind that offensive line, it, they have one of the, they had the best offensive line in the league. So DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, they can all look like superstars and just be really efficient, and they can put up numbers like that. But I just feel that none of them are just going to get the workload that we want. So it's going to be hard to trust anybody. So yeah, no, that's definitely true. Agree that definitely. But uh, that is going to wrap our show tonight up, guys. That was our last chance players here. Great show today, boys. Uh, Troy. Appreciate you coming on, my friend. Uh, definitely love having you on, talking fantasy with you. Obviously, you know, you're a big Dolphins and Heat fan, so that's even more reason I had to get you on the show. Uh, but, uh, again, thanks for – appreciate you coming on. If there's anything you have going on, if you want to mention right now, I'll let you have the floor right now. Of course, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me. You know, I always have a great time on this show. You guys can just follow me at T King Mode. I'm basically, you know, T King Mode on every social media platform. You know, I'm with the football guys as well as I'm with Destination Devi. So, you know, when the season starts, you're going to see me doing a lot of things like the mailbag show with football guys. The Destination Devi is me and my friend Laquan Jones. We're going to have a lot of things going on there. So, yeah, just follow our work. Appreciate you guys again having me on. I'm looking forward to the season. Absolutely. And go Heat. Go Heat. Let's go tonight. We're going to game six on Wednesday. Let's do I it. Hope so. Coach Shibs, uh, anything you'd like to mention, my friend, before we go? Well, go Heat. Okay, you're lying. He's lying. Don't I know he's you. lying. I know he's lying, but and that makes me feel better though. He's a Knicks fan, so go he, he did not like me like a oh. month ago. <laughs> we weren't friends for a while there. War. <laughs> yes. But again, thank you all for listening and tuning in on the YouTube channel at Fantasy Coaches or listening after wherever you listen to your podcast. You can always follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. Uh, you know, you could give us a like over on Instagram at the Fantasy Coaches or give us a follow there. And, of course, we'll be back next Monday once again. Go Raptors. (laughs) (laughs) I can't have it. That was good. That was good. And have a good The bag is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super-duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me. Don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act. Interacting. Shh. Like boom. Running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge. I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed. And these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running. Track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Go.